The following podcast is a joint production between independent, aspiring media and lousy. I'm just a small town guy with a handful of dreams. My future seems bright, or that's how it seems. When it comes to love, I'm in need of it. Welcome to the Wingcast, everybody. I am your host, as always, stand-up comedian and author of the book memoirs of a wingman, Steve Guy. Follow along on Twitter, Instagram, at the Wingman Guy. And if you've listened and you're a fan of the podcast and, look, you want some advice, some some wingman advice, uh, sometimes that happens on Twitter, but you can also email thewingcast at gmail.com. I'll read it on air, give you the answer here. Uh, maybe you've got a topic. Maybe you have a great wingman story. I'll share that as well. Uh, today's episode, I am welcoming back a previous guest from weeks ago. Uh she was very fun and informative for us then in an open relationship. Uh, she still is in one, but we're going to talk about her past before that today, and hopefully it's something that helps uh, a lot of you folks out there. Welcome back, Jess Falstick. Hey! You can follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Remember, no dick pics to the Snapchat, people. <laughs> At EpicFall, E-P-I-C-F-A-U-L. Uh, today we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, uh, I don't know I don't want to say dark subject better yeah be negative connotations to it but we're basically we're gonna talk about divorce uh, because there are certain things are around it that are helpful to people that look more than half the population at this point seems like goes through oh yeah so there are definitely helpful takes on it I'm a kid of divorce uh, I think at some point. I'm going to have my dad on, and I'm going to talk about being his wingman as a child, because nice. that, that was real. So, uh, you know, it, it impacts everybody, but we're going to talk about how it impacts uh, Jess specifically, but you guys as well. And we're going to spin things so that it helps your marriage or dating life, and we'll, we'll go from there, Yeah, I guess. Uh, let's, let's start with this, Jess. Okay. Well, first, how long you were married? Well, I think you said last episode that you were on, it's like 13 years? Yeah, I guess in my head, we weren't married that whole time. Um, we were together 13 years, but we okay. were married for seven. Okay. Yeah. And But you met him very young. You said you were yeah. 17. Yeah, I was like in college, and then we started dating when I was like 21. And yeah, I mean, it was like, I didn't get any other dating experience for the yeah. most part. So. And, and I was in a, a similar, I didn't get married, but I was in a similar situation. I was dating a high school sweetheart, dated her through college. I got engaged right out of college. I didn't end up going through with the marriage because, and maybe this is what happened to you. I figured it out a little bit sooner before we went through. It's just, uh, you know what? You're in that growth period, that time frame. And some people, they meet really young and it works out and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, for me, I was like, ooh, this is not going to be good right. down the road. This is not going to be a sustainable thing as a marriage. So I didn't go through with it. Is that kind of what happened with you? It's just you guys, there were so many, there were too many things that weren't compatible about yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, and I, I always end up going back to this, but ultimately it's kind of what was the um, bellwether for a lot of relationships in the direction my life took, which is um, I grew up in a very small town and everyone got married very young. 
Sure. So I think for, in my head, the level of expectation was that by the time I was 19, I should have been like on track with somebody in a relationship. And by the time I was 21, definitely should have been married. It's that damn timeline. Yeah. And it's that small town timeline. And it overrode anything else as far as is this actually like a, a person that I should be with forever? And it's not to say that anything about him specifically was wrong, but I think I ignored a lot of really bad signs for the future of any relationship. I mean, between the two of us and how we communicated and how we got along and how we would cooperate or not cooperate. Um, those things at age 24, um, I was far more willing to overlook just for the sake of, oh my God, I just, you know, like I'm 24. I need to I need to like lock this down. I need to close yeah. this deal. Um, and when we finally got married, it just kind of felt like the inevitable conclusion of like where I was supposed to be. Um, we got married when I was 26, so it wasn't like I was that young, but we've been in a relationship, you know, for five years prior to that. Right. And that whole time was literally me just like trying to campaign my way into him asking me to marry him because I just thought that that's what you were supposed to do. <laughs> um, and there, yeah, I mean, there really wasn't a lot of like critical thought given to like, is this really the person that I should be with forever? It was more about, I really do just need to lock this down because point in my life, timeline, all that kind of stuff. Um, which isn't to say that I didn't love him or didn't have feelings for him or any of that. But I mean, now even being a long-term relationship, like I'm still very much firmly in the camp of, I don't know if I ever want to get married again, like yeah. ever. Um, but I am far and away, far, far more critical about like, is this person the kind of person, you know, I want to be with forever. It's, it's just, I'm putting a lot more thought into like, the long-term implications of every relationship versus before where there was a timeline. Now it's just kind of like the timeline's not existent. It doesn't. And I think that's an important message for people who are in relationships at, at any stage, any age, as you, the time goes on, you do see people who are like, well, we've been in this relationship for X amount of time. Do we start thinking about getting married just because it's the next step? Right. And I think you need to even earlier look at that relationship and be like, where do I see this long right. term? You shouldn't get married because you've been there X amount of time. Right. And now it's like, well, the, now the next thing is yeah. this. It, you know, you should kind of already have in your, that in your mind. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like as a guy or girl, it doesn't matter. You could be in a gay marriage. It doesn't matter. If you want to propose to somebody, you should maybe know. I mean, it's okay knowing Two years before you do it, they're like, you know what, I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to propose to this person. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, you're working on, you're buying the ring or whatever, but you, you need to do it because you want to. And maybe if you're the other person and you want to get proposed to, maybe you, you drop the hints, but yeah. it sounds like you were not so, so subtle and it was more not like, really, no. it was like, hey, this needs to happen. Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. Biological time clock. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the irony is I still don't have kids and I don't even know if I really want them. So, <laughs> well, and you know, to that point, like you're talking about the next step, what's terrifying to me is like, you know, then people, well, inevitably we're going to get married because we've been together so long. That's the next step. And then. Which is stupid. If you're having that conversation. Yeah. Then you need to start, I think, having the conversation like, hey, is that how we should word it? Well, <laughs> analyze where that where that mindset comes from because I yeah. feel like in a lot of the cases, it's being driven by like familial expectations oh, or it's being sure. driven by some sort of societal expectation. It's yeah. being driven by something that's not you when you're just kind of like, well, I guess we should is not like a very emphatic, you know, excited oh, yeah. sort of sentiment to go into a marriage with. 
But what's even more terrifying to me is that um, once you get into the marriage and then like it's like a year on, you know, like you've been married a year. It's like, well, guess the next step is to crank out some kids. Right. And now you're bringing people into a situation that you didn't even really know that you wanted to be a part of to begin with. I blame Beyonce. <laughs> I mean, she says it right there. If you like it, then you should have put a <laughs> ring on it. No. You need to be so deep in love. That's when you put a ring on That's it. So you don't great. put a ring on it because you like it. You. Idiot. I actually told my boyfriend I love, like, I love the idea of having, like, a giant rock on my finger. But is it okay if I just have one and we're not, like, engaged? Like, we just, It doesn't like, have to be that finger, Jess. Like, well, but it looks pretty and my left hand is dainty and it's probably my more well manicured one because I don't use it for anything because it's my non-dominant hand but I did say to him I was like at some point I would like to have a big sparkly ring but I was like is it okay if it's just like you just bought me a big sparkly ring and it doesn't mean like anything's gonna happen beyond that and he was like yes yes that's fine let's do that I feel like in his mind like that's that's his trick. Like, yeah, I'm secretly <laughs> going to be engaged to you without you knowing. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. It's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. now you're stuck because I just paid like an entire year's uh, rent on your, yeah. your giant rock. As long ride. as he's not like uh, Michael Scott. Three-year salary. Oh, my God, to, yes. That's Michael what I'm supposed to say. I think, so when you're in a marriage, and this is obviously any relationship, and we talked before that, you know, there are similarities in a divorce and breakups but then there are also major differences but the the main similarity is when do you reach that decision how do you come to that decision? that's a great i mean that's a great thing i mean so for me we were we were unraveling probably the last four years so we were married seven years but for the last four was really when we were unraveling yeah um and i checked out a lot um i you know i, I would go to therapy and we would go to therapy together um but the, the bottom line was as much as we were like going through the motions of trying to fix things like integrally, we weren't really doing any like we were like, yep, we're going to therapy because I think we just assumed that like magically through osmosis, if we showed up at a therapist's office, it would yeah. somehow fix everything. But we wouldn't take any of the advice. We wouldn't apply any of the solutions that they gave us to stop, you know, doing whatever was driving us both crazy. And um, and I think we separated once. Um, I went to go live with my parents and that was a mess. So I immediately just ran home because I didn't have anywhere else to go really. I didn't have like friends to live with and I didn't really have like, I just didn't know how long it was going to last. I didn't want to go sign a lease somewhere if we figured our shit out for a, you know, a, a yeah. whole year. So when I, I moved back in, it wasn't because we were ready to move back in and we were ready to work on it. It was more just, I can't live with my parents anymore. Yeah. Is there kind of like... I guess for lack of better terms, there's kind of like an embarrassment factor yeah. to it, right? Because yeah. you're like, oh, I don't want people to know that this failed. Oh, yeah, for Be- sure. Well, and that was one of the things my mom said to me, like, for the longest time, she was trying to push the idea that, like, a lot of ways, like, she and my dad are still together because she doesn't like the idea of failing. And not yeah. because, like, because they're working on it or what. And, like, I, I think that they have those moments. And I think that the overall thing, the mantra that, that I got over and over again from people who were still married or had been, you know, successful at marriage is that it's going to fucking suck. Yeah. You're going to hate each other. And that's just going to be throughout your entire lives together. How you're going to have moments where you're madly bashing in love. And you're madly wanting to just throw each other in a ditch and just take off. <laughs> and you have to be okay with that. And I think the, where the final tipping point, when I finally get to answering the question you asked 10 minutes ago, the finally t- final tipping point for me was when I realized it's never going back to mad in love for me. Like it's just yeah. never going to go back. 
Um, where I think it finally resonated with him is I left the second time, the second time that we separated. Um, we didn't, I actually like didn't keep in touch at all. Like he would try to text, he would try to call, he would try like, we would still try to have, he would still try to have daily conversation because that's what we would do. You ghosted your husband. I basically did. And I, I mean, maybe that makes me a shit person, <laughs> but I think in my head, both through my therapist and other people who had also been, you know, in marriages where they divorced, they were like, you know what? You're giving him mixed signals if you're still talking every day and you're not really separated even though you're living apart. Yeah. Um, if you're going to separate, separate and see at that point if you're, you know, if your whole world is kind of fucked up without each other or if this makes sense. And right. what ended up happening is over the course of like two to three months where we just kind of maybe talked a couple times a week, maybe saw each other once every couple of weeks. I didn't miss anything. Yeah. Like I wasn't like pining to get back to the house. I wasn't pining to get back to our relationship. Um, and I think at some point we never really talked about it. But I think at some point it did finally hit him that, like, I wasn't in it anymore. Well, and that's what I was going to say, too. I think that we all – sometimes we are in relationships or marriages or anything. Like, in my case, I stayed engaged. And you think that you're both going to figure it out together. In the dream scenario, you come to this mutual decision where you're just both sitting on the couch one day. You look at each other and you're like, yeah, this isn't working, is it? Yeah. And like, yeah, no, this isn't. And, and you know, like – as if you're both sitting there and you say at the same time and you want to be like, oh, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. No. It, it, it's typically, in my case, it was me. I knew, usually one of you sees it before the other. And that's not to say that the other person doesn't see it. It's just sometimes that other Someone person. Someone accepts it faster than the other. Yeah, person. yeah. They're not ready to accept it or they want to, I don't know if that's that they want to make it work. It's just... I think that's, for me, it was trying to decipher between, like, is this just one of those ebbs in your relationship where it sucks and it's yeah. going to get better? Or is, it or is this a permanent this thing? And after being away for, like, two and a half, three months and realizing I don't really miss him and I'm living my life and I'm happy and all those other sort of things. Right. And again, not to drag him personally, it was just, I think I, I had emotionally detached so long ago that, like, it was just, it was a very blunt realization at that point that, like... I was playing house with him. We were going through the motions, but emotionally I had not been there for years. Yeah. But when I finally did move completely out, nothing felt any different because I had already, that part of me had already died long ago. And when I was home, when I was there and we were going through the motions, I think it was easier for him to pretend like this is just a phase. She's yeah. just going through something and seeing that I had left and wasn't even looking back, I think is officially what drove it home for him. Had you guys lived together before you got married? Yes. Okay. We lived together a year before we got married. So, um, so we we met in college. We both went to Ohio State. So we actually lived in Columbus. Okay. Um, and we lived separately in Columbus. I had my place. He had his. He got a promotion that required him to move here. And it was funny because it was during the whole sort of era where I'm like, please marry me, please marry me, please marry me. And he's like, you know, I have to move to Cleveland and I need you to come with me. And I was like, well, guess what? The only way that's going to happen is if you put a ring on it. And, uh, and so he, and so he did. Um, and then, um, as soon as he did, we moved up here, um, and we had an apartment that we lived in together, um, for a year before we got married. So, yeah. See, in hindsight, I always think that there are little tells into when you should exit a relationship, even if it seems like it's really great. Right. And in hindsight, that's probably one of the oh, tells. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. oh, 
I'm willing to move when there's with an you ultimatum. <laughs> if there is a ring, yeah, right, right, right. And like for me, I know in my relationship, I don't remember if I was engaged at the time or I, maybe I wasn't and I was going to be. But I had a job and I had the opportunity potentially to move to Florida for it. Mm-hmm. And her whole family was up here and everything. And I, I go to bring this to her one day, like, hey, uh, this got presented to me at work. And immediately she goes, well, I hope you know I wouldn't be going with you. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, there you go. I, but I look back and I'm like, and again, that's where one of you realizes it and the other doesn't. To me, that was at that time a very strong tell. Yeah. Like I knew for the fact that like, we didn't even have a conversation. Yeah. It was just very quickly. The if you end. do that, this is the end. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I do kind of want to make this work. But then at the same time, it hit me like, oh, no. If that's the case, if we can't even have that conversation. Right. This is not for this me. Is, yeah, yeah. This is not good. She That wasn't a tell for her. It didn't dawn on her. Oh, and that's really? Why, no. Not a clue. So did she think by telling you that it would make you stay? Was that the I mean, I did stay. game? Okay. I did. But I mean, there were a lot of reasons uh, that I stayed in Ohio at the time, but yeah i mean that was that was her deal she wanted to stay here be close to her family didn't ever think about moving and so that was that you know yeah yeah oh okay right glad we had this talk i think it's tricky my experience has been and then we've talked about this in the last episode how my brain wants to make everything very like neat and clean and categorized and black and white but the, the the hardest part i realized about relationships is that even with something as glaringly obvious as that yeah it's hard to just be like, well, that's clearly my, you know, that's my cue to exit because then there's these, you know, there's these spectrums of like initially where someone will be like, fuck that. And then eventually they might come around because they realize how much you mean to them yeah, and you end up working it out and then you end up happily. Like, unfortunately, there is no way that anyone can ever write a guide on like how the fuck you're supposed to do things in relationships because yes, while ultimately that is a huge like glaring tell as far as Maybe this person's not for me because she's not even willing to have the conversation. Yeah. Well, I think what it is is it, it makes you start to look at other things. Right. If, that, if and that's get, it. Yeah. If you get an obvious one like that and you're like, whoa, are there other moments like this? Right. And then you do. And you then you, yeah, that. and that kind of calls attention and yeah. kind of shines the light on other stuff. But, um, but that was the tricky part. Like, you know, going back to the whole idea of when to say when, it is literally you can never say for any two people when to say when because, right. I, I mean, like I said, all I can say from my perspective is that I think for the longest time I waited for another shoe to drop because I was like, this is just a shit part of our marriage. This is just what happens. This is what everybody goes through. And when I finally realized that other shoe was not going to drop where we got better and everything, you know, worked itself out or yeah. we worked it out, that that was not going to happen. Um, when I realized that was when I could finally say I'm done. And I think that was when I could finally feel comfortable. If, I think if I'd said I was done any sooner than when I had I would still be plagued with doubts over should I worked harder? Should I have tried harder? Um, could we have done more? And now I can unequivocally sleep so well at night knowing full well we threw everything we had at it and it yeah. just wasn't going to work. Um, and that I think is, if I guess if you're going to like somehow quantify it or make it a tangible sort of epiphany for people who realize they need to split up, it's you have, you and your heart of hearts feel like you've done everything you can do and you still feel like it's never going to change. Um, that would be my best My best advice is just to say you, you you feel comfortable. You know that you can walk away from it and not look back at it and wish things had been different. Right. And I'm only going to say we're going to make this point very brief because I talk about And that's something that's kind of similar with, uh, with relationships in general. 
Um, you know, you want to make sure that you gave it your go or whatever, you give it your all. But for those who are out there and talk about how, uh, oh, I can, you probably got this a lot. They want to empathize with you. Like, oh, yeah, I was in a relationship for a really long time. And I mean, we weren't married, but it's kind of like a divorce because we were together for so long. We're part of each other's family. Mm -hmm. uh, we should probably just tell those people right now, like, hey, no. It's not the same. I mean, it's tricky. <laughs> it is, but it's not. It is. It's tricky just because, like, especially now with marriage, like, on the decline, like, people aren't going the traditional marriage route in a lot of cases. Yeah. And they're just choosing to do more, like, long-term monogamous relationships and, you know, partners and things like that. Um Far be it from me to ever say, like, well, fuck you guys because you never put a ring on it, so it's not the same thing. But yeah. when you do make it, because the thing is, the reason I am averse to the concept of marriage now, or I'm nervous about it, like we talked about earlier, is the idea that you're you're legally bound to the person. Yeah. Um, and while on its face, you know, it doesn't have necessarily a lot to do with the relationship part, it so does because there are all these sort of, I don't know, like my marriage, we had a very amicable split and it still took us a year to get everything finalized because we had a house together. Yeah. And that's the kind of shit that you don't necessarily have to deal with. Deal with. I mean, if you decide to buy a house with your partner, I guess one, one argument could be made. I've seen people who buy houses with boyfriends and girlfriends and that yeah. becomes a mess because then there's no legal obligation to like owe each other anything and you don't, you can't get lawyers necessarily involved easily. Right. Um, but I just think that the idea of having to legally bind yourself um that also ties into those societal expectations we we're talking about earlier where your family expects you like to get married if you have kids whereas if you try to have kids out of wedlock even still there are a lot of families that are like oh, wow yeah. oh my god um people are not always okay with that um the idea that you have um you have this expectation there's a lot more pressure on you to work on it at all costs versus if you're in like what used to be common law marriage or like yeah. where you're just bound together because you've been together 20 years, um, if you split, I don't know why society accepts that a whole lot more. Um, not to say society doesn't accept, ex accept divorce. Which, by the way, a lot of states have gotten rid of common law marriage. Yeah. Not like actually, I think we got rid of it here a while back. Yeah. It's not um, an actual thing in many places anymore. Right. I just, I think from my perspective, I don't want to deal with all the fucking paperwork ever again because that was such a nightmare. Um, I don't like the idea that because you said you were getting married that you failed at a relationship when you divorced, but when you break up, that's just a part of life. I feel like that's yeah. a lot of people look at that that way. Um, I do get the concept that if you're if you're getting divorced or if you're getting married, you it doesn't mean anything if you just immediately turn around and like you know, well, this sucks and I break up. You know, you're you're sort of losing the the con the whole idea of like. Don't get married if you're not if you're if you're legitimately not in it to win it till you're dead. Um, just stay together forever. Like there's no like I said, society these days is is very they don't give a shit about marriage either way. And in most well, most places, you can have kids and it's not a big deal. And I don't know. It's like, such a tricky thing too because you know you're sitting there and you're like, well, it's this paperwork and you're legally binding to someone. And people listening to this can be like, well, you know what? Well, people get married, they should just not put the house in each other's name. They should yeah. agree. It should only be one person. And we did a lot of that. You should have separate bank accounts. That's what we did. But then isn't it kind of like a mind fuck too because you're doing that and like, oh, am I really committed to this person yeah. that I'm supposed to be with for the rest of my life? I mean, I'm going to say something that's mildly controversial amongst white women, which is I think <laughs> marriage is just for the 
the point of having a big fancy party so that you can put your, a white dress on and look really pretty. Are you trying to tell me that white girls like fancy, <laughs> big fancy parties? Yeah, I know. Mind blowing, right? Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, it's to me, like, most of my friends who get married, like, they're very, I, I can't even think of a friend off the top of my head who got married and just, like, eloped or, like, for their first marriage, yeah. eloped or went to the courthouse or did something really low key. Like, all of my friends, at least, those that were that had you know first marriage. I have friends who have second marriages that just did that, um, but in their first marriages, it was like an all-out thing. And to me, it was like other than that big party day where everybody paid attention to you and like you looked really pretty. Right. To me, I don't think they ever thought beyond that. And again, it sounds really close-minded and douchebaggy. And I apologize to my friends that are married, and I'm not necessarily referring <laughs> to you. Um, but like, it just seems to me like that. The wedding was so much more of like the the wedding and the well we got to go somewhere with this relationship. The wedding so let's was a bigger deal that. than the marriage, right? Because that's it. Like the bottom line is after that, and then it, it becomes like, and this is the thing that some of my girlfriends and I cackle about. Then it becomes that whole okay, now we've been married for a year, let's have a baby because that gets us attention yeah. too, and then that becomes like you know the center of people. The, people lose sight that the wedding is supposed to be. Look, as a guy that presides over weddings, I find it, I've seen it, I, one of my favorite things as, uh, like, ridiculous as this is going to make me sound and, like, really sensitive or whatever. One of my favorite things is to be standing at that aisle and I'm, like, standing next to the dude and you can see the girl coming down and, like, I'm reading words and I like looking over to my left at this guy and seeing the emotion in his eyes. Like, I have been in weddings where I'm like, well, we'll see. But uh, yeah. I'm like, I think that they're going to be all right. Yeah. And But then I've been in weddings where I'm standing there in that moment. I'm like, these two right here. I'm like, this is what it's about. And, and the wedding is supposed to be the celebration of everything that's going to be after. Until you die. Yeah. You're supposed to. That's why it's such a big celebration. Exactly. It's supposed to be such a big celebration because it's supposed you to one person. be over this large amount of time. Yes. And instead, it, people think it's, it's a party. It's the celebration of just that one yep. day. You know, it's not a culmination of everything that happened leading up to the wedding. It's a celebration of everything that's going to come after. Yep. And I think that's... And that has been completely lost by the way. So yeah, absolutely. That's the thing that blows my mind when I hear more and more about like the wedding industry is like booming. It's like, but the divorce, like why would people keep putting themselves through this? And then and then you realize it's not about... Because they keep about... coming up with way more cool shit to have a wedding. <laughs> that's But then you happening. realize like that's why, it's not about like people looking at it as, oh my God, I can't wait to fuck someone, one person the rest of my life. It has nothing to do with yeah. that. It has everything to do with, let's just throw a raging party and right. get really cool pictures. It's like, you can do that anytime. You don't have to get married to do that. And yeah. that's what I've always told my boyfriend. Like, even if by some weirdness, like we do decide to quote unquote get married, we're literally going to Hawaii and we're inviting no one. And that's, I'm not doing this to have a big party and get sure. all the attention. I'm doing <laughs> it because like, I'm doing it the way I want it done. And that's um, it. Yeah. And, and it's because it's, and I, honestly, like the thing that we've settled on the most is if we do decide to do anything, it'll be like some really hippie bullshit, like, commitment ceremony it won't even right. be it'll be more about the symbolism of the actual relationship that's fair than about like any sort of legality or attention that we want uh well, we've already been chatting for i think probably longer than we thought we were going to on this person, <laughs> but but i do want to move on to this and, and not have this be super long but after the divorce obviously then comes you have a boyfriend now yes how i mean 
is there a time frame? I know we talked about a deadline <laughs> on yeah. the last episode for being in an open relationship, but is there a time frame that you set aside for yourself and you're like, this is you know, when I'm going to be comfortable? Nope. And that's and there shouldn't be, probably. It's so liberating because like like we were just talking about at the beginning, the going from the concept of, oh my God, this has to happen by a certain time, yeah. going now to like, well, that completely fucked up two people's lives for the better part of like 13 years. You know, we... We yeah. based the whole thing around a timeline and now it's like, well, our 20s are gone and most of our 30s are out the window. So now like I, I would so much rather just be like, let's just have all the fun together and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Are you, were you almost even like, I'm not ever going to date anybody again? <sighs> no. No? No, no, no. Oh my God. I'm such a fucking like, serial I, dater. And I don't mean ridiculous. like going on actual dates. I mean, that's fine. No, we're talking about relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I, I love relate. Like I love you being do. in love. It's okay. terrible. I'm oh. such a mushy, gushy, like, like hopeless romantic person which is what we were talking about in the last episode about how i couldn't be in an open relationship because right. i just like i love being in love and that's like the shitty thing about you can't hold your feelings back but like um no it's never crossed my mind that i never didn't want to be a relationship and when i was when my boyfriend and i were just dating openly last summer it was something i had to force myself to do just on principle because yeah. i would have easily fallen back into a exclusive monogamous relationship six weeks after my husband and I separated, which is uncalled for. That so, is just uncalled for. So you were going out with people just for the sake of... I was forcing were, it. See, yeah. Yeah. Well, but was there any moment right, right after, though, that you were like, I just... I can't even... I can't even entertain the concept of going out with another person? No, I'm so horrible. You were, I, it's that quick. I And the thing is, it used to have to do more with codependency. And I talk yeah. about that in um, Jeremy and Jordan's podcast. Like, I hate codependency because I used to be yeah. dependent on always having someone. I was deathly afraid of dying alone for, like, the first 30 years of my life. Oh, like, man. Uh, and that was another big reason why I pushed marriage. Just like, I don't even care who it is that's sitting beside my corpse. I just need someone to be sitting beside my corpse. <laughs> and now it's more about like, I can date whoever the hell I want. It's just that the, there's no other reason why I'd want to be with anyone else but this person, right. if that makes any sense. Um, I just love being in love. I love having like a partner. I love having someone by my side. So for me, I just don't ever see unless something like very, very um, different were to happen with me and my experiences in my life that I wouldn't want to be in a relationship again. But that's just me. Like I love being in a relationship. Do you think some of that too, though, has to do with the amount of time that you took basically like dissolving the marriage, like being separated multiple times? Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? So like there was this whole process yeah. before you really officially like, hey, this is done. Right. You know, so it's like you were like you had said, you were already kind of checked out. And maybe that's what makes every person different sure. is that time frame that you're totally checked out and then the marriage is officially done or whatever the case may be yeah i mean right, that's fair admittedly like even when we were separated and checked out i was still like hey what's up with that person and i was still going out and like talking yeah. to people i like dated a girl for a little bit um during our separation and you know i think i don't know man like my brain is probably unlike anybody else's because it literally just always wants <laughs> It wants a it wants a counterpart. It wants a buddy. And but I mean, I know it's different only because now. But I think that, I think that's natural for most people. I need I need time alone. Like I mean, I need to be independent. But at yeah. the same time, like I just I don't know. Like I've never ever ever been a person that's like I just can't even with relationships. I just love them for like I'm a glutton for punishment maybe. But like I just 
always want to be, even if it's very casually, I always want to have someone that I'm like flirting with, that I'm talking to. That uh, well, I have yeah, this. I mean, that's everybody loves some semblance of uh, yeah. uh, attention for sure. Do you think, though, would you, it, I mean, you, you almost though, you still have to advise somebody. Not everybody's going to be like Jess Falstick. So if you're somebody and you want to approach someone just coming off of a fresh divorce, yeah, you still got to tread lightly though, right? You do. And that was kind of, I think you and I were talking about this maybe before we started recording, just yeah. the idea that like, it's almost akin to if someone like were widowed yeah, and you want to be a decent human being because their, their emotions, I mean, everybody processes emotions and, and situations differently, but inevitably there's going to be some level of vulnerability no matter who it is. And just to be a good guy, I think that you need to maybe express like your intentions, but almost in sort of like a future, like, Hey, when you are feeling like you're ready to get back on the horse, no rush, but I just want to let you know, like I'm here, like whatever. Approach it as, as sort of like, just making them aware of what the the opportunities are, but that you're not at all like yeah. you don't have a timeline, you don't have an agenda, you don't have. But oh, by the way, maybe don't say that immediately upon finding out they got divorced. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, don't do it at their their wife or husband's funeral. Um, yeah. Don't don't just wait till the body's cold, either literally or figuratively, yeah. before you even broach the subject. But to your point, you may not know. And it helps to do some research too, but you don't sure. always know. You don't always know, and you that's don't. not your fault for not knowing. But yeah, but yeah, it's it's worth waiting. Like you said, you want to be, you just want to be respectful, well, and that's just it too. And so, okay, here's a here's a story. So here's how my boyfriend asked me out. Oh boy. He okay. So I don't think we talked about this on like we weren't recording yet, but I was telling Steve that he asked me out six weeks after my separation was like we we had separated. Um, and that also we had been friends for eight years, which meant that my ex-husband was also kind of friends ish. It wasn't like I was banging one of his like buddies. It was like, we were like a couple friend of his, like, you know what I mean? Like he was our friend and he was friends with us. And like, that was kind of just, we would go to like trivia sometimes together. And like, that's how it was. So about two weeks after I got separated, um, I went to a mutual friend's house and I was like, yep, my, my husband and I separated. And she was like, oh, well, um, when you're feeling ready. Uh, just so you know, uh, Adam might or may not have a crush on you. And I was like, what? I had no idea. I was like, and usually I think everyone's in love with me. So this was like, this was out of left field because I did not see this coming. Um, and so she gave me his number and I texted him like two or three weeks later, just one of those nights where, you know, I was alone at a bar and I wasn't even looking for anything. I was just sitting by myself and I'm like, who do I text and say hi to? And I was like, Hey, I got your number from Janet. Um, she just, you know, said like, you know, if we wanted to hang out sometime. And then over the a couple days, I actually have a screenshot of this. I was like, yeah, Steve and I actually separated. And he was like, what? That's crazy. For the record, not me, people. No, yeah. Jess and I were never married. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Um, Steve's a common yeah. American male name of it a is. certain generation. Yeah. Um, ex-Steve. Uh, I was like, yeah, ex-Steve and I split. And he was like, oh, my God, what? That's crazy. And then um, I think he asked me out like a week later. We went out. We made out. Did you, it wasn't did like you big... tell him how long you had been separated? No, I just found out we separated. Okay. Um, but so then I find out like three weeks after we've been like hanging out, dating or whatever, that my our mutual friend yeah. had told him like the so second. So he did know. So he knew and he pretended he like knew, he didn't know. Which is good because he's, 
He knew that it was still being respectful. Yes. But like, so uh, listen, this is why this is called the wing. This is Wingcast, Wingman Podcast, <laughs> yes. because he had a wingman. He had a wingwoman helping him out there, yep. which I think makes it so much easier yep. if you do have somebody that can kind of and and sometimes you know people are like oh I hate being set up, but sometimes that helps if there is that in between person. Because it's giving that that interested party the heads up, like, so hey, this person too. is ready now, right. and it's okay. And, and, I mean, it's good on his part that, like, look, people flirt, and they get crushes and stuff all the time, and it's fine. And then he finds out, oh, man, she's available. Okay, awesome. And then... But the thing is, he... I mean, but he didn't his, say anything, yes, which is awesome. Exactly. Shouldn't. You shouldn't credit, say anything. he let me come to him, and I, I, might not have ne- I might have never done it, but yeah. when I did come to him, that's when he was just like... Oh shit! Okay, well, it's, and then I he can, still you know. waited, and he did. He waited. But the nice waited. thing for him was that he knew he didn't have to wait quite as long because it's not like when you he was because he already knew tips. he was getting inside chips yeah. and tricks. Because that was the thing when I went to visit her, I was telling her that's when I was dating that girl, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm dating a girl, and it's like nothing serious." And um, so I think at that point she was like, "Yeah, I mean, she's back out there on, on yeah. the horse again, <laughs> you know, telling him all this stuff." And I had no idea any of this was going on, and it, it came out because. I guess he had been harboring this thing for like years and I had right. no idea. So the second like our mutual friend found out, she was like, shit, dude, dude, yeah. dude, oh my God, you got to jump <laughs> on this. And he fucking did. And yeah, I mean, it's well, good for him. So there's huge advice for everybody listening that come out of this. Like if you are somebody and you're interested in someone that, and you find out, look, they just got a divorce or they're, maybe it's a breakup or like Jess said, maybe it's unfortunately somebody who was widowed, but it, find a common person, find a mutual friend, and you know what? Kind of get that feedback and find out the vibes through them because it is so hard, and it's it's a hard subject to broach too. You don't mm-hmm. wanna you don't just like go up to somebody and be like, hey, yo, you know, so you ready yet? Like right. the way you said it was great. Like, oh, just so you know, like, hey, I am interested, but whenever I don't because be that guy. you don't want to be that guy yeah. or girl because everybody is different. Because maybe that person's like, fuck that, I'm never gonna be back into this. But at the same time, I mean, you could say that, and as respectful as it sounds, it could still be too soon. Sure, absolutely. And it kind of puts them in a weird spot, too, because it's like, if you tell it to that person, and they're like, well, great, now am I just coming off desperate? Right, <laughs> like, right. Like, I don't need somebody that bad, okay? You know? Right. So there's so many things involved with that. Uh, yeah, I think that's awesome. That's probably, I mean, I think that's probably the best thing to come out of the, that whole conversation, that Jess and I can tell you guys. Find the in-between person. Yeah. This is why a wingman's important. Find a wingman. That's why it's important, people. <laughs> that is what I'm telling you. And wingmans don't just have to be, like, the guy or girl at the bar that, like, goes and talks to... Like, I mean, there's all kinds of wingmen. And there this are. is This there is are. one of them. Absolutely. The go-between friend. Yeah. So, look, sometimes it's a co-worker. Yeah. Right? Because if you you could be... At, you could work with someone that you've always been into and you find out their relationship went south or whatever. Because everybody has at least one person, I think, that they kind of confide in yeah. at work, right? Yeah, I think it's sure. fair to say. I have a work spouse. Yeah, it's like yeah. a work spouse. Yeah. yeah, like they know everything about you yeah. and whatever the case. So if you work with that other person, you pretty much know who that work spouse is or who that confidant is at work that they, not that they do go out with, but that they would if they felt like it. So you can kind of go, hey, what's going on? You know? Yeah. You can do one of those numbers. Find a wingman, as just said, which is the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> I mean, my God, people, if it hasn't sunk in yet, we're bringing you awesome information <laughs> on how to support First your First-hand account life. of successful wingman Yeah, there you go. So I think that's pretty much going to do it uh, for this episode. Uh, thanks to Jess again for coming Thank on. Thank you. 
Uh, if you want to follow Jess across any social media, once again, it's at Epic Fall, E-P-I-C-F-A-U-L. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Get those snappers up for her, but nothing crude, all right? You freaks. Uh, and for me, look, you know where to follow. It's the wingman guy uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, if you have any feedback or you need wingman advice or you have a great wingman story, email thewingcast at gmail.com. And uh, go to lousyweathermedia.com. Check out all the other podcasts that are there. Just, just referenced it in this show as opposed to her previous episode that she was on in the Winkcast. She was on the hate, Let the Hate Flow Through You. And I did the main show this week, which was super fun. So It's not this week anymore, Jess. I did the main show a while back. <laughs> I'm ruining the studio magic. <laughs> I ruined it. Check out the main show. Just look for Jess on anything, pretty much, if you've enjoyed her time here on the Winkcast. Uh, for Jess, my name is Steve Guy. Thank you, everybody. Go out and be a decent and solid human, and have a great week. Bye. I'm just a small town guy with a handful of dreams. My future seems bright, or that's how it seems. When it comes to love, I'm in need of advice.